Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On the Bubble. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode two of me going through all of the conferences and previewing teams that way. Again, we've switched things up. But yeah, uh, last week we finished up with the SWAC, and now we are going into the Southland Conference as the second worst conference in the NCAA. Um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, was the team that won this conference last year until they got uh, smacked around by Texas Southern. So um, I'm excited to learn about all these teams with you because uh, coming out, I don't really know anything about any of them. Uh, But we'll start off in alphabetical order with the Houston Baptist Huskies, a team that won 11 and 18 last year. And this is uh, under unusual circumstances where it's feel where I feel like it's right to take things in another direction. And I'll start by reporting some news that happened two weeks ago. Uh, Darius Lee, he was a senior at Houston Baptist University, uh, their star player. Um, he was killed two weeks ago. He grew up in Harlem and uh, was at a Father's Day gathering and was killed. Um, eight other people were wounded um, two weeks ago, Monday, in an early morning shooting at a gathering in Harlem. So um, thoughts and prayers to Darius Wee. He was a, a great player. I won't go all stats about this. Um, rest in peace to him. And for that reason, I'm not going to go into this team as I would typically. Um, they went 11 and 18 last year. Their coach has been on staff since 1990, which is pretty cool. And I have them as a projected record of 13 and 16 next year. All right, next up, we have a team that's really good at one thing. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, the next team in alphabetical order, obviously, that I'll discuss is Incarnate Word, and I'll get into this team in a little bit. Um, the Cardinals went 7-25 and last year, so by getting to the team, that means I'm going to blast this team to pieces. They suck. Um, 353rd on Ken, Ken Palm, um, which ranks them, I guess, as like the fifth worst team in the NCAA. Uh, 319th offense, 355th worst defense. So, an absolutely garbage team. Um, they, I did not know where Incarnate Word was. You know, Southland Conference, I'm going to assume somewhere in the south. But, I mean, that could mean anything. They're located in San Antonio, Texas. So, if you could catch, like, a Incarnate Word game and then slide over to a Spurs game... I don't see anything wrong with that, honestly. I think that's kind of a move. And if I ever attend, uh, if I'm I'm ever located in the San Antonio area, maybe I'll do that to to spend the night. But anyway, so let's talk about this crappy garbage team. Um, Head coach is Carson Cunningham. And has wiki page opened up? Oh, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about him. So Carson Cunningham, um, he... Went to college at Purdue and had kind of like a middling player in career. Didn't get into the NBA, whatever. Um, did a little bit of 
high school coaching, did a little bit of uh, like D2 or D3 coaching, and then he went to Incarnate Word, and it, it was just his Wikipedia page is funny, because um, before he coached at Incarnate Word, he coached at um, this college called the Carroll Fighting Saints, and they're in the NAIA, which like, I don't even know what that means. They're in the, the garbage league that isn't even like NCAA. I don't, I don't know what that means. But they were in that. And he took this Carroll team to a 107-52 and 52 record. Um, elite eight twice, second round once. If You know, take that as you wish. But he had... He had a lot of success with Carroll. And then he comes to, he gets hired into Division One basketball. He gets hired to the Cardinals. And first year in 2018 and 2019, he goes 6-25. and 25. Next year, he goes 9-22. and 22. Pandemic year, 8-12. and 12. Last year, 7-25. and 25. So my guy has accumulated a solid... Um, 26.7% winning percentage, and even worse, especially in this bad conference, a 22.7% winning percentage within the Southland Conference. So, this team, like, historically is terrible, and it, um, it I don't even know what to talk about. Um, their best player last year was RJ Glasper. Um, he averaged like 15.6 points per game, three rebounds, a few assists. He didn't even shoot the ball that well. Um, He was just kind of like their guy. But he graduated, and, you know, I'll take a look at the stat sheet right now, but there's really nothing else that gets me super excited. I'll go into my player to watch for, but, you know, this team really – isn't good. Um, luckily, I don't really see any other important players that are going to be leaving this team. Obviously, the incoming recruiting data is terrible, and the transfer portal data, I haven't really seen anything. So, I guess that's good news for this team, especially since uh, RJ Glasper seems to be the only one who left, despite being the team leader. Um but yeah, let's go. Let's go into that one interesting fact that I teased in the beginning. This team was the second best in free throw percentage, at eighty point seven percent. That means they are right behind Villanova, who shot the ball. Oh my God, eighty three percent. Good for them. And then, actually, the top ten list is pretty interesting. Just I, I guess there's no real correlation between like great free throw shooting teams and great teams overall. But I'll, I'll go through the list. Uh, Villanova, Incarnate Word, Miami, Ohio, Missouri State, Portland, Hofstra, VMI, Charlotte, Northern Iowa, and Oakland. So a lot of these random small schools, they just know how to hit the three, besides obviously Villanova being the, the beast at the top. But... With that, uh, th- that's really what I took from this team. There's there's not much else. They're really bad. They can't beat teams within their own conference. Um, and that sucks. They lost to Baylor by 27. They lost to Texas Tech by 22. They lost to Purdue by 20. 
and they lost to Texas by 55. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to the play to watch for. Um, I have it because there's no real returning players that I find interesting. And it, with the SWAC, I chose a bunch of players that just like were the highest scoring players that were coming back. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick someone to be a little bit interested in so I can actually watch this game. I'm going to pick my boy, uh, incoming sophomore, 6'11", 220 pounds, Benjamin Grisky. And I hope I'm saying his last name right. Um, but we'll call him Benjamin Grisky. Um, he's big, you know, in a conference like this. Uh, you, I feel like you, if you have this size, and you could dominate. Also, last year he was a freshman, and he started 21 of 29 games. And I mean, he wasn't he wasn't super special, but he he got the job done. He got uh, seven and a half points. He got three and a half rebounds, and he can he can shoot the three a little bit, which is kind of nice. And he did that in just under twenty three minutes a game. So he wasn't given like a super full shot. He only played like over fifty percent of the team's minutes. So actually, sixty eight. 0.6% from inside the arc, and then 35% from beyond the arc. He does hook up a lot of threes, which is pretty interesting. Actually, he shoots... Like, this is weird. Oh, wait. Yeah, wait. This is so weird. So, my guy is 6'11", but he shoots three times more shots from behind the, beyond the arc than inside the arc. He averaged 1.6 shots attempted inside the arc, but 4.6 beyond the arc. So, like, I can't imagine he has a terrible inside presence with his size, but I guess he does, and that explains the lower rebound numbers being starting center of this team. So, yeah, I'm actually going to really keep an eye on him because that's just weird, and you don't really expect to see anything like that. Um, with that, uh, this team runs ran at a super slow tempo last year. And they couldn't shoot the ball well at all. But they made free throws, so whatever. That only gives you so much. Uh, this team lost so much last year, and their leading player is gone. I'll be a little bit nicer, because I'm sure I'm going to rip apart some teams in the future. Uh, they, and they went 7-25, and so you can't get much worse than that. Let's do a, a generous little 10-22. and Incarnate word and uh, best of luck and Grisky attack the rim a little bit. Use your size. I know I'm not one to speak, but use your size. Like you can, you can do this and keep hitting your free throws. I love that. Goodbye. All right, now let's turn things up a little bit. Um, I recorded the last few segments last night and a great sleep. It's the weekend, and now I'm gonna go into uh another team that sucks. Which I mean. You know, we're going to come across a lot of teams that are bad in these early podcasts as I build up through the conferences, but uh, it just so happens in the Southwind Conference, doing it alphabetically ordered, um, just a lot of the, like, A through N's teams are not that good, Um, but this one, this team kind of has some bright spots, and I like them. Um, Let's talk about the McNeese State Cowboys. A team that went 11 and 22 last year, McNeese State is located in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and they're led by a uh, coach by the name of John Aiken, 
who I would say my guy, John Aiken, has been bred for McNeese State basketball. Um, he, he was an assistant coach from 2014 to 2021 uh, for, for a few years at UT Martin. And then he spent a few years uh, at Nickel State, a, a team that's very good in this conference that we'll talk about shortly. Um, and throughout the throughout this time, he's he was on um, my guy Heath Schroyer. Uh, shout out my dad Heath, but uh, he was on Heath Schroyer's staff at UT Martin, and then followed it up with an assistant coaching stint at Nickel State, which Heath Schroyer led. And he. Um, yeah, he's just been following my guy Heath, and um, as of last year, Heath Troyer became the AD at McNeese State, and uh, John Aiken got elevated to the head coach. So last year, he coached McNeese State to an eight and fourteen record, and uh, yeah, he's just been Heath Troyer's guy. I think he has a lot of belief in John Aiken, and this is John Aiken's first full year as a head coach, and he's ready to take the helm. And get the ground running. Um, with that, this team wasn't good last year. Um, they ranked 310th according to Ken Palm, uh, 273rd ranked offense, and 319th ranked defense. But this is a team that kind of has some uh, good returning players and some additions that I like. So I do really appreciate that. I'm going to be very upbeat about this team. And it starts with the, these two, like, uh, I'll talk about them as like the dynamic duo freshmen. Uh, it's it's the combination of forward center Christian Shoemate and uh, point like guard forward like point guard forward Jonathan Massey. And these guys just like they are the future of McNeese State basketball. And I'm here for it. This is this is a team that I'm gonna mark down as one that I want to watch some games because these these guys these two guys are ballers. Um, obviously they're not that good, but they're like clearly the future as long as they don't transfer away. So, um, a little bit of a a bright spotlight on McNeese State. Uh, last year, Christian Shoemate, I'll talk about him first. He led the team in scoring despite coming off the bench most of the time. And in only 23 minutes played, he averaged 12 points, um, 6.7 rebounds and assists, a little less than the steal and the block per game. But he just—he was really efficient from inside the arc, uh, fifty, just a, a, a hair under fifty-eight percent, and yeah, he just seems like a, a really good player, uh, despite playing the like the forward center role with not too much size, uh, six seven one ninety-four. But he was—he was really efficient and uh, really good offensive, re- like really good rebounding rates. That I see, like he—he he just seems like the the best overall talent. On this team, uh, and then the the next the, the the latter half of this duo, Jonathan Massey, who is actually rated the Southland Conference uh, Freshman of the Year last year. I guess Shoemate didn't really get it. Just like he's a redshirt, um, redshirt. He was a redshirt freshman last year. He spent a year at Tulsa, just toiling on the bench, and so he got some redshirt eligibility. And now Jonathan Massey, that was his first like true freshman year. And he, he wasn't super impressive. He started, uh, he played 24 minutes per game, but he only really put up like five and a half points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. But uh, I guess, I don't know, he must have been really impressive during that time. 
because he got the starting role, true freshman, and maybe maybe he could uh, break out with a, a little bit more scoring. He didn't really shoot the ball particularly well, so there's a lot of, but he also didn't shoot the ball that often, to be honest, a little less than four attempts per game. So, man, I don't, I don't really know what kind of player he is, but I'm going to watch out to see what kind of player Jonathan Massey is. But that dynamic duo, like, like those are the guys for the Southland Conference. And so Shoemate and Massey, I'm, I'm excited for them both. Uh, they will be my players to watch for because, um, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I can do that. Y'all are not in charge. I am. Um, with that, there's there's really one player leaving, uh, Kellen Taylor, who played from the four. He he put up some numbers, but, you know, like, whatever. Who cares? And there's also a bench piece in Miles Lewis leaving. Not, not too many guys leaving. Um, but this team also has two transfers incoming, which I really appreciate, especially in this conference. Hopefully these guys can make an impact. Uh, those guys go by the name of Malachi Rhodes. Uh, by way of Bucknell, who, you know, he never really got a shot there. So now maybe he can clear out a role here. And also, one one guy that I will mention who's interesting is Tyrone McMillan, who uh, a few years ago was, like, a top 10 Juco prospect, and he committed to Georgia, and he never really got that much time. So uh, I suppose there's a role open for him with that um, power forward that I mentioned earlier, Weaving. So maybe he'll slide into the four spot. He Again, he hasn't played that many minutes, but he obviously has some talent being rated as, uh, I think he's the 11th uh, best, fo- uh, best forward, or 11th best forward or 11th best player. I, okay, yeah, he was the 11th best Juco prospect in the class of 2020, um, the number two power forward in that class. So pretty impressive, and hopefully he can carve out a role there. But overall, you know, this team, like, I will say this team did suck last last year. Um, nothing really interesting that I can I can mention. Like they played some good teams at the start of the year, like all these teams do, and they just kind of got swamped by all of them. Uh, they went four and ten within their own conference, so obviously not very good. But you no, know, John Aiken's ready for his first full year as a head as a D one head coach. Um, Freshman dynamic duo, incoming transfers from the SEC. You know, this team went, this team went 11 and 22 last year. Nah, I'm showing them some love right now. I'm going to support this team. They are on the up and up. Um, they played what 33 games last year. No, they're going 18 and 16. Boom. These Cowboys. Oh, they're they, they're they're going to be better than Dallas. They're ready to take over the Southland Conference. All right, next up, um, we got the the capital of New Orleans basketball. Um, and, you know, Zion's been hurt. Uh, Tulane, you don't really want to be near Dan Weech at any time. You want to check out the New Orleans Privateers. Yes, the New Orleans Privateers located in New Orleans. I'm not sure where. Um, but yeah, this is a team that went 18 and 14 last year, good enough for, um, tied for second within, uh, their own, their own conference. And they made it into the basketball classic, uh, with whatever that postseason event is. But yeah, this is a, this is a team that's been coached by Mark Schlesinger, 
and he kind of took this team from being not very good when he he started and then uh capitalized his career with a 20 and 12 uh Southwind conference winning uh victory bringing him into the first four so great great for him and since then it hasn't been that great but he did sort of bring uh that was like their first conference win in 21 years uh, yeah 21 year NCAA tournament dra- drought and uh their first birth since 1996 was in the 16-17 season and since then he hasn't brought them back which sucks but overall um overall record under 500 but a conference record of 79-78 so he's kept this team afloat he's kept them relevant and I guess the the program likes him so Schlesinger's your coach he's an experienced guy um now we'll get into uh kind of a sad moment uh, of this team. Okay, not sad, but a disappointing uh, aspect of this team. Uh, I kind of wish I covered them last year because like with the dynamic duo of McNeese State, uh, New Orleans had a dynamic duo of their own in Derek St. Hilaire and Troy Green. Uh, both of them combined for set, uh, 37 and a half points per game. Um, they were just the like the... They were the dynamic, I'll keep saying, the dynamic duo of this team. Uh, and both of them, I'm, I'm really assuming, they, they've each had over four years of uh, NCAA experience. I'm pretty sure they're both graduated. So there are big shoes to fill in privateer land. Um, this team didn't beat anyone super special last year. Uh, they, they beat, actually, well, they, it's interesting, they beat uh, Corpus Christi. They're the, the winners of this conference twice in the regular season, home and away. Uh, they actually finished 10-4 and four in, in conference. Just a very solid year overall, I, I suppose. Um, really up-tempo team, so that's another reason to watch. 10th uh, Ranked 10th in the nation in tempo. And also, they shoot, the, they shoot a lot of free throws for whatever reason. Um, just oh, something, I won't get into that, but they shoot, actually, it's really interesting. They shoot a lot of twos and they shoot a lot of free throws, but this team is literally dead last in three points, um, like, uh, amongst, like, all of their total points. They rank last in their point distribution in threes, um, and that's because the only guy that really tried on a regular basis was Derek St. Hilaire. Uh, everyone else just said, nah, I'm good, which it's kind of scary going into this year uh, because I don't really know who's going to be shooting those threes at all with St. Hilaire. Uh, Green attempted 48 and only made them at a 20% clip. Nah, not, not very good. Um, what I will say is they have one recruit coming in. They added a three-star point guard, um, Preston Murphy Jr., who actually decommitted from DePaul and and joined this team. Um, he's probably, you know, probably just going to step in and uh, ball out. Uh, he shot 44% from beyond the arc in St. Andrew's School in Rhode Island, uh, his high school. And he also excels in the classroom with a 4.0 GPA. Very good. But yeah, he can shoot the three. So he'll be my player to watch for just because I'm looking for guys who can uh, fill up the shoe, open shoes, 
and shoot the three because this team has absolutely none of that right now. Um, besides that, they have two. Uh, they have, they have a, a power forward and Tyson Jackson and a center and Simeon Kirkland, who they were both. Um, they were, they were both pretty efficient from inside the arc, um, with the solid shooting percentages. But they they didn't really add anything too special. Um, like Kirkland averaged five rebounds per game, but he's also uh, like 6'10", 225, so I expect that. But overall, you know, they're losing so many points. Um, doing the quick math in my head, why can't I see points per game? This is frustrating. Is it going to be on their basketball reference? Yeah, 30, they averaged 37 points per game last year. So that's literally uh, just about half of their team's points are gone in those two players. So guys are going to need to step up, but I don't know if Preston Murphy will be the guy to do it. I guess he's probably like one of the more exciting prospects to enter uh, this conference. So like I said, I'll be watching him, but I'll drop New Orleans down a little bit just because, I don't know, let's see, we'll hope that other teams get better. I don't know, um, like 16 and 15, I'll keep them above 500 um, because the coach has experience and the team's not all bad. Like I said, they have like some solid, they have good, they do have good experience in like the, in the front, in the front court with their, with Tyson Jackson and Simeon Kirkland, but they don't have really anyone exciting besides this new recruit coming in. No, no, I don't even know. Like their starting point guard last year was five nine, so like hopefully he starts. Um, this guy was, come on, give me the height, six one. Yeah, so he, he's uh, prototypical. So with that, New Orleans. Uh, oh, I don't know how many games I'll watch honestly. They're not super interesting, but I think they're competitive in this conference. So yay! All right, now we got arguably one of the arguably the best team in this conference. Uh, the Nickel State Colonels, based out of Thibodeau, uh, Louisiana. You know, I, I like I like Thibodeau because of Coach Tibbs, the the Knicks head coach. So already, an A plus in my book. Uh, this team has been the one that's uh, kind of dominated the Southland Conference um, over over the last two years. Uh, they've been the reg at least the regular season uh, Southland Conference champions uh over the last two years going 25 and 5 within their own conference so very good stuff uh this team got knocked out in the first round by texas a&m corpus christi in the conference tournament and then they lost to smu in the uh, nit first round but this team's been good uh they were led by player of the year ty gordon uh ty gordon just absolutely balled out in his final year. He won't be back, but he was the nation's number nine scorer at 21.6 points per game. Uh, their starting point guard. So he's gone, but they, they had a really good year with him. Actually, I'm reading now record uh, seven time Southland conference player of the week. So one of the more dominant players this conference has seen and he'll bow out this year. And they actually have a lot of other seniors that will bow out, but yeah, uh, this, t- this team was overall very competitive. I guess they just had a stinker against A&M Corpus Christi, who they beat three times in the regular season. But they only lost to three earlier on in the year to Wisconsin. And uh, 
they were, uh, I guess I'll say competitive against Purdue, putting up 90 points. So that's kind of impressive. But um, no other real. So, uh, they, they beat uh, Northern Iowa actually in their first uh, in their first game of the year, and they were the 91st ranked team in the country. So overall, like a, a, a dominant resume, at least within their own conference. And now it's it's time to turn a page, new page. Um, they're, they're led by Austin Quanch, uh, who just signed a two-year extension. He's only 32 years old, so a really young coach, despite being there for four years at this point. Um, definitely an up-and-coming coach. Uh, he spent three years with the Clemson Tigers as a, as a grad assistant. And actually... Um, He's been uh, noted as a big contributor to Jared Blossom Games' uh, success in college. And if we, if you remember him, he was definitely one of the the top college players during his time. Uh, definitely one of the one of those like college players who just were like beasts in college, but not super special in like the NBA or anything like that. But uh, he's he Jared Blossom game is definitely someone that I remember, and so being credited for his success, that's big. And then yeah, two uh, regular season championships within their own conference. This team's been good, but the the thing is they've been led by a, a core, obviously led by uh, Ty Gordon, and then they had um, like throughout their lineup just a bunch of seniors: uh, Latrell Jones at the three, Manny Whittles at the four. Rig Lions at the five. These guys were all seniors. They all pretty much like led uh, this, the, like contributed to a lot of the scoring on this team. And I think only one of them could come back, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, oh wait, no, that's Pierce Spencer. He's definitely going to be back. But let me just click through. Oh yeah, Manny Whittles, I think, has eligibility for his like COVID senior year. Um, but besides him, it like the starting lineup's kind of depleted to this point. Uh, it, it sucks that none of them are going to be back because this team definitely uh, had a lot of success. And I'm going to rate them a little higher despite losing a lot of players, simply because um, this coach is super young and we've already seen uh, one transfer come under his uh as a as a player and that player is Joshua Blanc who whose career is kind of interesting um I think he originally com- uh, committed to Georgetown and then he didn't get many minutes but he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school and then he went to FAMU where he got he got a few more minutes 18 per game and he did he did pretty well um very efficient just under 60 percent from inside the arc Four and a half points, five rebounds, a block, a steal. Definitely a solid player. And now he'll be, uh, I guess, a, a senior uh, who, from FAMU, transferring over to this team. And so he'll provide a lot of uh, front court energy, front court depth, probably slide, maybe slide into that starting lineup. Um, but yeah, this team definitely needs it. They have a lot of guys weaving, which sucks. Um, last year, uh, I'll just random facts. The second worst free throw percentage, I believe, in the country. So they just could not hit free throws at all. But but very very good from inside the arc. They ranked 29th in two point percentage, and they had some really good uh, block percentage numbers and steal percentage numbers as well. Despite not having great adjusted efficiency, 
Um, granted, they were the second best offensive and defensive efficiency in within their own conference, but definitely not um, super super special. Also, something I've noticed, like this is an up-tempo team. I've talked about some other up-tempo teams. This team ranks 51st in adjusted tempo, you know, like good, but not like, I guess um, you don't really consider good regarding tempo, but it's just like an interesting note. They rank 51st in the country, but fifth within their own conference. So this this conference is just, if you want to see some up-tempo basketball, lots of action, you'll get it. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting note. Uh, but with that, you know, there's not too much really to add. Um, Pierce Spencer is probably their best returning starter. He was at the he was at the two, and he wasn't super special. But he, uh, I guess, he's their best returning player on staff. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm keeping an eye for Josh LeBlanc. The uh, oh, sorry, I said Famu. The UAB transfer. So he's moving to a different corner of Louisiana. I'm watching out for LeBlanc from UAB. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill this team. I'm gonna have them a little bit worse just because they have so many guys leaving. But Austin Kwan, he just seems so kind of like an up-and-coming coach. Like you see a lot of success within his own conference. Uh, spent some time in Clemson. He was an assistant for a years for a few years after Clemson as at um, Nickel State. He actually spent a year as the director of player development at George Mason prior to all of this. But yeah, um, coach of the year in 2021, you know, I just I just see an upcoming up and coming coach like this and now see why they're going to flop. So with that, I don't see them being 21 and 12. Uh, just like I, I just strictly can't say that because they have a giant core of their team leaving, including the player of the year. So I'll, I'll, I'll make them, I'll make them like 18 and 18 and 15. And I'll, I'll mark this down now, but yeah, this team, this team's one that can hopefully try to reach their level of excellence. They have the history and let's see if they could build a little dynasty. All right. New day, new episode. I'm back on the Southland conference talking about another school that I didn't know existed, but this is this is kind of a fun one. I'm here talking about the Northwestern State Demons. First of all, are you kidding me? There's a Demons team in the NCAA? How have I never heard of this? But Northwestern State, um, they're located also in uh, Louisiana. I'm starting to get the sense that a lot of these Southland Conference schools are like a Louisiana-based schools, and this is another uh, up-tempo bad team. This is actually, um, we'll be finishing up the bad teams, I think, in this conference pretty soon, but this this might be one of the worst to last year. They went 9-23, and 23, uh, including 5-9 and nine within their own conference before losing to McNeese State in the first round of the conference tournament, and yeah, I mean, they're not good, but there's some very interesting notes that I definitely want to touch on. Um, first of all, their head coach is Mike McConaughey, not Matthew McConaughey, Mike McConaughey. And he is actually the win- winningest college basketball coach in Louisiana history. So that's huge. That's all in college too. So he's the winningest college basketball coach uh, on a Louisiana basketball team. 
if you think about it, there's not really that many good Louisiana college basketball teams, really, um, besides, like, LSU. But, I mean, they, I guess, historically haven't been too great. And then, I mean, what, like, New Orleans we've talked about uh, and some of the other smaller Louisiana schools, like that one in Thibodeau that I can't really think of. But, um, yeah, he's totaled 330 wins over the last, what, like 20, 20-ish years. Um, throughout that time, since he joined in the 1999-2000 season, it's been pretty up and down. Uh, started out great, uh, made the postseason in – okay, here we go. Made the NCAA postseason in 2001. Uh, they made the round of 32 in 2006 when they went 26-8. and eight. And then uh, most recently back in 2013 when they won their conference tournament and made the round of 64. But in, in recent years, they've, they've kind of fallen off. Um, I'll just list them out. Since 2017, 4-25, and 11-20, and 15-15. 11 and 18, and 9 and 23. And the last time they had a winning record was in the 2014-15 season. So they're definitely sort of sticking around rock bottom in this bad conference. So hopefully Mike McConaughey can get something going and continue to to be a beast because, I mean, I don't know. I would be the one to say that his job might be on the line, but also I'm sure he's just like 100% the blood of this college. And I would be like lit on fire if I said, if I, if I really meant that, but we'll talk about last year's team a little bit. Uh, I mentioned from the start up tempo 18th in uh, adjusted tempo uh, from the get go in the nation. So very fast team, you know, this conference, they're just a fast conference. They're moving around quick basketball, lots of fun. Um, 330th overall, 263 offense, and 346 defense. So definitely one of the worst defensive teams in the country. Uh, and they were led last year by freshmen. I guess I'll, I'll say first, very young team, um, just to start off. A, like a super young team. Um, full, three of the five starters, main starters at least, were classified as freshmen. A lot of them when were in like their second freshman years, but, you know, whatever. Um, their leading scorer was Kendall Coleman, uh, he's 6'8", 220 from the, from the center position. And he averaged 15.4 points per game, 10 rebounds, one steal, one block. Um, very efficient, uh, definitely scored more like around the, around the rim and in the mid range. And he, he was actually really good. Lots of good rebounding numbers. He's also gone. Um, I guess when you have a season like that for Northwestern State, you decide that you want to take your talents to, oh, guess where, LSU. So going to the bigger Louisiana school, not too far away uh, from, I'm not even like, pronouncing this, the town where Northwestern State is is impossible, but I'll give it a try. It's Natchitoches, Natchitoches, so. Yeah, that's where Northwestern, that's where the demons are. I need to start referring them to the demons because that's super cool. Um, jersey colors, by the way, in case you're wondering, like purple and yellow. So like, they have a distinct jersey color too. I don't know how demon-esque that is, but I certainly do appreciate a little bit of an exciting change. So I, I kind of like that. And uh, yeah, so Kendall Coleman, he, he was definitely the core of their offense and he's gone. 
Um, but the second leading scorer is not too bad. Um, 6'1", 180. He played the two, actually, not the one. I'll get into the point guard in a second. But, um, yeah, their, their guy from the two, uh, his name was Carvel Tset. Carvel Tset. And he was a first year he was a oh okay that's what it was he was a second year freshman so this year he'll be going to his third year but also a sophomore campaign because eligibility eligibility rules are weird and uh he was he was all right he averaged 13 points three assists uh shot the bell ball like okay definitely hooked up a lot of threes about seven attempts per game but um yeah, yeah, he just hooked up so many threes. But he was okay, 37%. That's not bad, right? Um, so, yeah, he's their leading scorer coming back. Uh, the point guard that I briefly touched on is 5'6". So, as a 5'6 man myself, I I, mean, I can't think of anything else but support this man. 5'6", 160, Brian White. And he, he scored a little bit. Um, actually, yeah, he, 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 was, he was all right. He didn't really score. He only had five attempts per game, but hit them at a 47% clip, uh, passed the ball a little bit. Definitely like a game manager kind of guy. Great in the locker room. And um, that's really the exciting aspects of this team. Uh, besides, I will mention, so with Kendall Coleman out, there's a incoming player in Jordan Wilmore, who's transferring in from Mizzou, the Tigers, Brian Gates' team. And he he got like a few minutes, uh, but really, he, I think he actually started in the starting rotation last year, and he just didn't really uh, play much after that. He kind of played his way out of the starting role. Yeah, he had uh, DNPs in the final 18 games, failing to appear in 20 games total. So yeah, like he was he was done, but um, he transferred here at his like seven two size. So that's pretty exciting. Um, he had a lower back issue also throughout the season, so he battled consistency with that. But yeah, he's seven two. Like immediately, I'm going to be super excited about him. And if I'm excited about him, that means he's going to be my player to watch for. So Jordan Wilmore, seven two from Missouri, slides into that center position that Kendall Coleman left, and maybe he can just dominate. But yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Um, with that, the Demons, longtime head coach. Um, they do have, like, they're bringing back pretty much everyone besides their best player. So I will bump them up a teeny weeny bit, like 12 and 19. And I'll write that down now. But yeah, 12 and 19. We'll see if they get a little bit better. I hope they do. I hope they outperform my projection, honestly. That would, that would make me happy. And, uh, yeah, the, the Demons, love that. Better than Wake Forest. And Jordan Wilmore, go, go dunk on some fools. All right, let's rewind a little bit back into the back into the alphabet. Um, I knew there was some realignment in the Southland Conference. Uh, I just kind of forgot where it was. But, yeah, let's rewind because uh, we have a, a former team of the Southland Conference rejoining, and that is the Lamar Cardinals. And the Lamar Cardinals, right, of Beaumont, Texas, have, like, a weird college basketball, like, history. Like, they're, like, one of the older schools of modern-day college basketball. Their first season was in 1923. I don't know if I'm ignorant. I guess it helps them learning about every single team because I didn't know that. 
And uh, yeah, they've made one six, Sweet 16 uh, in 1980. Uh, they haven't made the round of 32 since 83, but they've had uh, tournament appearances and since uh, 1980 in uh, 80, 81, 83, skipped to 2000, and even as uh, 2012. So this team's kind of had a, like they've been around for a while, and they're definitely going through a heavy rebuild at this point, like a, like a heavy rebuild. Because this team, um, I should mention, they were part of the Western Athletic Conference for one year last year, and they went two and twenty-seven, as in t- two wins and twenty-seven losses, including, like I will say this, the two teams that they did beat were not Division One basketball teams, so they literally had zero D one wins. Um, which has them ranked 350th in the NCAA. Not very pretty, um, so I'll, I'll make this quick. But no, I'll go over the quick headlines. But um, yeah, like this team just didn't beat anybody. They were trash, so trash, so so bad. I mean, a couple close losses, but like, oh my god. Um, their head coach is going to their second year now, Alvin Brooks. He was an assistant at Houston for a while, and now he's just giving it a go on his own, and he's got to do a lot of work. Um, in addition to that, their best player, their, I almost said best player, the leading scorer from last year is transferring in uh, C.J. Roberts. He averaged 13.5 points, dabbled in a couple rebounds. That's about it. Um, he didn't really do anything else. No one else really did anything else. Um, everyone is very replaceable. They do, however, and this will be my player to watch, they're bringing in a recruit. And actually, like, like it's weird. You know, with these bad schools, I never expect to really see any recruits. But they have one. And his name is Jason Thirdkill. So, already, dope last name, Thirdkill. Like, the third kill from behind the arc. Uh-uh. 6'7", 175, so he's, a, he's an athletic twig, um, and he's a, he, he is three stars. And that actually puts him as the number one recruit in the 24-7 era since, like, I don't know, 2000. So, I mean, he should be great, I guess. I don't really know. But, I mean, they should start at least. He's their best recruit um, since 2007, according to 24-7. So, that's awesome. Uh, notable Lamar alumni, Mike James. He's not in the league anymore, but he was recently in the NBA, and now he's not. Um, Lamar Cardinals. Uh, new conference again. They're going so they're going back into a, a worst conference. Um, keep that in mind. The Western Athletic Conference is is out of the picture. They're going into the Southland. So, like six ones. Six and six and twenty, but um, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Best of luck. Moving to a different sector of Louisiana, the great state, um, which I will be visiting soon. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're we'll we'll talk about the southeastern Louisiana Lions, uh, based in Hammond, the the wonderful quaint town of Hammond. Uh, the team actually is pretty good. They went nineteen and fifteen last year. 
ten and four within their own conference. Historically, they haven't been too special. Um, they've had one NCAA tournament uh, appearance in 2005, but that's about it. But uh, tied for second within their own conference this past year, honestly, not too bad. Um, it was the, I believe, third season under the helm of now 37-year-old head coach David Kiefer, um, who was an assistant for them from 2015 to 2019, and he just picked up the head coaching role a few years ago. And uh, in his three years, he's led them to a 35-56 and 56 record or 20-29 and 29 within their own conference. So definitely they're, they're on the upswing for sure. And this is a this is a team that kind of has it has a few fun pieces, uh, and it, the conversation really just starts with uh, my guy Jalen Hinton, six uh, six, two hundred pounds. He played the the four mostly. Oh, he spent a, a few minutes at the five, but mostly at the power forward spot as a smaller, I guess small six six, but a smaller bulky guy and. I mean, he was like he is by far and away the best player on this team. Um, whether it whether we're talking about scoring, where he averaged sixty four percent from the field, or uh, rebounding, he had eight rebounds per game, uh, including two and a half offensive rebounds. Uh, the defensive numbers: he won Defensive Player of the Year in the Southland Conference uh, with one point two steals and two point five blocks. I mean, this guy is actually like a, a beast, and I think he's coming back. Like, I, I've been doing my best lately to to check and make sure, and it looks like he is going. Uh, um, he's only he only has one senior year to record, so he should have one more. If not, then whatever. This is a a nice little goodbye to Jalen Hinton. I wish. I wish this was just four seasons in out because that makes this so complicated. You hear me complaining about it, but this it's like it's annoying to deal with if I'm trying to cover every team. Um, but yeah, I mean he really just did everything well. He got to the line a lot, shot the ball ball well from the line, seventy five percent. Yeah, like shot it, rebounded it, defense like Jalen Hinton, just the whole package. So. He is, like, for sure my player to watch for. Uh, two starters are leaving uh, by the names of Keon Corgett and Ryan Burkhart. Uh, they were two of the four players to average – actually, no. Burkhart averaged nine points. Uh, Corgett averaged 13. But they, they're still this, – this, this team actually scored a lot of points. I'm pretty sure they scored, like, 78 points per game. And their offense actually rated 180th in the country – which is first within their own conference. Uh, just their defense that uh, wasn't very good, like really, really not good. But I'll say it again: up tempo offense, of course, wouldn't have it any other way in the Southland. Everyone's moving fast. It's a different type of basketball, and uh, yeah, it's really the the Jalen Hinton show. Um, there's Joe Kasperzik, who played the one. And he he was uh he averaged double digit points and was like okay from the field. Uh good steal numbers. Lots of steals on this team. Can I check their steal? Like even though they didn't do well defensively. No, their steal percentage was super low. I don't know why. It's like four players with like more than one I don't know. 
it seems like a lot of guys have a lot of steals. Five players have more than one steal per game. I feel like it's usually just like two, maybe three max, but it's five on this team. I don't know. It's uh, That's something kind of interesting. I guess the percentage could do well just because the tempo is so fast that you're just moving back and forth and there's so many more possessions that like even though there's more steals, there's just so many more possessions. Just a thought. Um, but yeah, uh, the guy's leaving, but I mean, really, this Jalen Henson guy, I do want to watch him because he does just seem like such a beast. And it seems like K- David Kiefer kind of has something going. Um, no real additions of any note, no transfers, no transfer departures, anything like that. Um, and he could win this past year. They lost a two lane by three uh, and then got smacked around by Iowa state and Iowa and nothing really else. Super good. Uh, oh, and they lost to South Alabama by two, only two points in the basketball classic first round. So, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, like this is a better team, and then I feel like the guys that they're losing are pretty replaceable. And I mean, if Jalen Hinton comes back, I'm actually gonna like watch him. I'm gonna put a star next to that. That's pretty fun. Um, probably one of the better players in this conference. He just doesn't have like the shooting numbers. He can shoot from like around the rim, just not you know, you know, you you ballparks get what I'm saying. And so I'll give him a. Ah, I'll give them the the same record, nineteen and fifteen. That's a good record. They did well. I don't see them becoming beasts, unless Jalen Hinton turns into Paolo Boncaro. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I I want to give them a higher, uh, record, but it's really just they don't have any exciting, incoming players. They just have the two departures. Like I said, they're pretty replaceable, but. Now, whatever. I hope Jalen Hinton's still on this team. I really want to watch him. But, um, yeah. Lions, Hinton. Hinton, Hinton, Hinton. When I listen back to this episode, I want to watch Jalen Hinton. So, I never thought that completing a preview of every single team would be easy. But sometimes I I reach a team uh, like this upcoming one, and I say, I don't really care. Like, I'm sorry. If I'm offending any fans of the Texas A&M Commerce Lions, like, I don't really care about your crappy satellite campus. <laughs> this, this team's new to Division One. They're new to the Southland Conference. Uh, they've competed for a very, very long time in the uh, in Division Two. Um, for the first 91 years of existence, uh, they joined the NCAA for the 82 to 83 season, and then went straight back to uh, Division Two. Uh, they're technically 1995 tournament champions, um, but you know, not really. That's Division Two. They, like, they do have a good uh, Division Two history. Um, lots of appearances over the last 15 years. Uh, they were Lone Star co- Conference or regular season champions in 2020, um, coached by Jarrett Von Rosenberg, who's led them to an 88 and 46 record. So they, they I mean, I guess they deserve the weep back up. But um, um, I don't know how good they're going to be. They, <laughs> they're D2 basketball players. 
Um, I don't know any incoming players. I don't know any departing players. I I I didn't really. I didn't, like I don't care. I didn't I didn't care to look. I don't really care. Um, my player to watch for is the entire team because I want to see how they adjust to Division One basketball. Uh, like they were good last year. They weren't incredible, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't care. These are the worst Lions. They are worse than the Southeast Louisiana Lions. Texas A&M Commerce, uh, like, five and 22. And, uh, good luck in your new conference. Actually, I hope they're great. I I hope you're great, Commerce. I really hope you are. And let's wrap up the Southwind Conference with the champion of last season, the Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, now Texas A&M with two different satellite campuses um, in Division One, uh, and then obviously their their main uh, campus. So Texas A&M really just suffocating the the collegiate sports world with their their athletics, but anyways, the, this team's actually a little bit better, and I have more confidence in them than uh, Commerce. Um, they went twenty-three and twelve last year, which seems to be pretty good. Uh, what I will note is they definitely played the less good teams, as uh, many many other uh, many of their opponents in the Southland Conference. They only had three. They only played three teams that I would really consider to be good um, outside of their conference. They lost to Texas A&M by 21, uh, lost to Minnesota by 8, and they lost to Notre Dame by 10. So definitely definitely weren't too good against the best teams, but they were um, very they were very dominant uh, go throughout their non-conference schedule against bad teams. And then they reached conference play and just weren't really great. So they were 13-4. and four. Uh, Three of those losses were the better teams I mentioned. Then they also lost to Nickel State. And then during their like regular season like conference games, they just kind of fell flat. They went 7-7 seven and seven from January 15th to March 5th. And then they just turned it up. Uh, actually, late season. From February 19th to March 12th, they only lost once. So they went four for five in their final regular season games and then won three in a row for the Southwind Conference Tournament. And actually by good measure too, 15 points, seven points, then eight points. Um, They eventually got uh, beaten by Texas Southern as a 16 seed in the tournament, but this is a team that actually went on a, a fairly impressive run, and I could say for certain that they were led by my guy, Isaac Mushila. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, Isaac Mushila, I'll call him Mushy for this episode. Uh, I don't know if that's his regular nickname, but we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, Mushy averaged 13 points per game uh, with nine and a half rebounds. Which, you know, is good, but it becomes really impressive. First of all, he only played 26 minutes per game. So, uh, it's like a little bit lower on the starting 
I guess it's kind of average, but it's still nine and a half on 26 minutes. Very good. He's my guy's only six five, uh, six five two oh eight, and he played the power forward position most of the time. So just a fairly impressive rebounding total for his size. Uh, his offensive rebound percentage going to the analytics. His offensive rebound percentage. Uh, ranked 18th in the country, and his defensive rebound percentage ranked 49th. So both, like, very impressive numbers. And then you take into account he's 6'5". That's pretty good. Uh, he's going to be the best returning player, and I'll start him out as my player to watch for because he will be entering his senior season. Um, besides that, their lineup or their starting rotation doesn't really offer too much. Um, I think they're losing like one other player, but no one else was super impressive, really. Only one other player averaged double digits last year and Trey Tennyson, uh, mostly off the bench and uh, hooking up a lot of threes. But no one else really, I would, like I feel is worthy of calling out. I think this is just kind of like an overall solid team where everyone really contributed. Uh, what, and this team wasn't even that impressive offensively. I guess uh, a lot of it came from the defensive side. Um, I don't know. This team, it's, like, this team really wasn't that good. They just kind of had an easy schedule and turned it on in the late, uh, latter half of the season. Um, I will mention this lineup is incredibly small. Um, their point guard was 5'11". Their shooting guard was 6 foot. Small forward 6'5". Power forward 6'5". Center, 6-8. Also, the center's name is DeWazeris Keys. DeWazeris Keys. It's pretty dope. I like that. Big fan of his name, uh, even though he's not too tall. And, yeah, that's about it. Um, honestly, not super impressed. They had one guy leaving, but I'm starting to forget who. I think it was, was it Miles Smith? Yes. Their starting shooting guard, Miles Smith, is leaving. He was, honestly, it looks like their worst starter. Uh, oh my god, he shot like 34% from the field. And I mean, he wasn't like a super ball hog. It doesn't seem like he attempted six field goals per game, but a 34% clip. That's terrible. Uh, and yeah, definitely keep an eye out for Isaac Mushy, for Mushy, Isaac Mishoa. Um, he seems to be the best player, great on the boards, interesting to see how he gobbles up so many. And with that, I will give this team, because they're only losing one guy and the one guy that they're losing sucks. Also, no incoming players of note. There's one unranked pros- one unranked recruit, so I don't really care, and no transfers. Um, they went tr- see, the thing is, if they have an easy schedule like they did last year, then I would have them out like a similar record. But... Because they're returning so many players. But I'll, I'll knock them down a peg. I will make them uh, 18 and 14. And they'll be competitive for as one of the top teams. So next we will talk. We will review the conference. And go over how I have them ranked. See you. Okay now let's do a little bit of rankings work. Uh, with all of the teams that I have discussed. In the second worst conference in the NCAA last year. And we'll start from the bottom. Um, the first, the first school that uh, I thought was the worst 
was, of course, Texas A&M Commerce, uh, D2 school, new to D1. I didn't even have the player to watch for it because no one caught my eye at all. And really, you have to do the bare minimum to catch my eye. And they had no one, especially in D2. So I'm just looking for this team to get some wins. Uh, for now, they do not have my love uh, at 5 and 32. Sorry, f- uh, 5 and 22. Uh, next, I have the Lamar Cardinals, uh, a team that only had two wins, as we discussed, including zero Division One wins. And uh, they were really bad this year. I have them a little bit better at 6 and 20. Uh, still very down in the dumps. I, I just expect in this new conference, in this worst conference, they may be able to peg out a few wins. Um, look out for Jason Third Kill, the three-star recruit, one of their better recruits in, over the last decade. Um, we're going to follow that up with the great Incarnate Word team. Um, I had them at 10 and 22. And let's see, any notes about Incarnate Word that I want to touch on? Um, oh, wait, head coach Carson Cunningham, uh, second in free throw percentage. And a uh, player to watch for is 6'11", Benjamin Grisky, because he's 6'11", and he can shoot the three a little bit. That caught my eye. Uh, let's follow that up with the Northwestern State Demons, uh, a team that went 9-23 and last year. I have them at 12 and math uh 12 and 19 there we go uh and they're they're bringing in the 7-2 transfer from Mizzou Jordan Wilmore um as well as uh being coached by Mike McConaughey the winningest college basketball coach in Louisiana history so look out for that um follow that up with Houston Baptist uh, a team that I have going 13 and 16 next year um I in touch on them because um as I mentioned to start off uh, their star player, when, and I think he was like a first-team player in this conference, Darius Lee, uh, passed away from gun violence a few weeks ago. Um, and I don't even recall, like I, I took a quick look at this team, but I didn't want to talk about them too much. Uh, so, yeah, um, I had them at 13 and 16, and I guess I'll just track and see throughout the year if they are like a surprising team, but I didn't really see too much in general. Um, following that up with McNeese State, right in the middle of the pack, uh, this is a team that I had going 18 and 16 next year, and a lot of that is because of the dynamic duo of Christian Shoemate and Jonathan Massey, to uh, I guess they're probably sophomores this year. Uh, Jonathan Massey, Freshman of the Year Award, um, and Christian Shoemate, who spent the year at Tulsa. He dominated as a redshirt freshman. And yeah, this is a team that went 11-22 and 22 last year. I have him at 18-16. and 16. I think uh, this is definitely a surprise candidate. Maybe could sneak up as one of the top teams in the conference. And I really do have these top five teams jumbled up pretty close together, uh, at least for overall record. Obviously, I don't really do this on purpose. I just kind of say whatever number or whatever record speaks to me. And so, yeah, there's no science behind it. It's just uh, predictions. Relax. Um, We'll follow up the McNeese State Cowboys with the Nickel State Colonels, 
team that went 21 and 12 last year, very, very good within their own conference. Um, uh, they're the player of the year in the entire Southland conference is out in Ty Gordon. And now they, uh, they, they bring in a former five-star in John, Josh LeBlanc, but I don't think I recall anything else super interesting. Um, 18 and 15, Josh LeBlanc, former four-star. He was my player to watch for. And following that, we have the Southeastern Louisiana Lions out of Hammond, Louisiana, um, where Jalen Hinton is their best player. He was, I believe, the defensive player of the year in this conference. Uh, and I had them at the same record, I think. Some guys were leaving, but there were other guys sticking around. I don't know. Uh, same record. Okay. And then at a tied for fir- at a tie for first place. Very exciting. The first tie in the Gannon predictions on on the bubble. Uh, bubblers. Very be very excited. We have a tie between New Orleans and Texas A and M Corpus Christi. So we'll I'll start with the Islanders, who who I just who I just discussed. Well, I'll just touch on their team. Uh, we got Mushy, Isaac Mishilla, who is only 6'5", and averaged 13 and 9.5 and rebounds. Uh, very short team. They were the conference champs. I have them sliding a little bit down to 18 and 14. Uh, oh, also, I never said this. Steve Lutz, uh, this is his second year. That's their head coach. And he's credited for the development of Creighton's Dougie McBuckets, uh, Doug McDermott. So the more you know. And finally, New Orleans, the Privateers, I believe. Uh, yes, the Privateers. They went uh, 18 and 14 last year. And oh, I have I had this wrong. Um, that's my bad. I actually had them at 16 and 31. Uh, so scratch everything I said uh, over the last two minutes. Texas A&M is my projected champion, and New Orleans, the Privateers, will fall down back into, like, the middle of the pack of, like, good teams, or quote-unquote good teams in this conference. Uh, the Privateers are losing a big uh, big duo in Derek St. Hilaire and Troy Green, who combined for, like, half their points, and uh, they have an incoming point guard that it's a play to watch for, but I don't really remember anything about him. So yeah, Corpus Christi, I predict you are the best. Uh, some incoming, uh, an incoming team from the WAC, a incoming team from D2. So this, this conference went through a little bit of change. I'm interested to see what's going to happen and yeah, on to bigger and better things.